BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Shall I take your order or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Wednesday edition Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we are, believe it or not, eight days until Thanksgiving. It's also been eight days since the midterm elections. Many places have started to officially call the House for Republicans. We feel very confident based on the numbers that that is the case. Just depends on where you are looking right now as to whether that is going to be officially called. Uh, We have got a lot to discuss throughout the course of today's program. But of course, the number one story from last night was Donald Trump, as he told you he would do last week on this program, officially announcing that he's going to run for president in 2024. And we will go ahead and play the audio of that official announcement last night from Mar-a-Lago. Here is what it sounded like. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. All right. So, Buck, I watched the entire speech, as it were. Uh, They carried much of it live on Fox News during Sean Hannity's show. They cut in and out a couple of times to allow people to react I guess what maybe stood out the most to me about the entire address was it was very subdued, relatively speaking, for Donald Trump, uh, felt also, as a result, very presidential, and he played a lot of the greatest hits from his 2016 campaign as a part of uh, this announcement, and also, I I think one reason why it was relatively subdued was because... I guess it was on Thursday or was it Wednesday night? I can't even remember when Trump attacked Glenn Youngkin, when he attacked uh, Ron DeSantis, when he went after a lot of different people uh, with all of those statements. I think that that was generally not received very well. And so the argument is out there. And I think he followed basically what we said on this program. Hey, it's got to be a forward looking campaign. Uh, The thing that he said that I was most responsive to in a positive direction, and I think he got this 100% correct, and I wish more Republicans would be saying it, 
he said one of the first things that he would do uh, when he came into office is to bring back everybody who lost their jobs in the military over the COVID shot requirements. He would end all Biden vaccine mandates and he would give back pay to all of those uh, soldiers who lost their jobs over the COVID shot. Thank God somebody is finally saying that. That's what jumped out the most to me about the entire address. What about you, Buck? What stood out to you? Did anything surprise you? Uh, How would you assess the overall announcement itself? So much interesting stuff happening here. When you get in this early, this far ahead of anyone else who may run, and keep in mind there will be people who may decide to run who have no chance at all but but they use it as a chance to get their name out there and sell books you know somebody who's kind of more of a libertarian may run as a republican or whatever we've seen that in the past distinct possibility of that so you're, you're likely to see some names enter it just because there'll be press associated with that in the months ahead trump is in super early and this is gonna create I think some advantages and and some challenges. One thing that does seem that that's, I think, uh, stuck out to everybody last night, and I I watched the whole thing live, too, uh, was that Trump was very clearly trying to take a common presidential tone throughout. It wasn't, you know, rock'em, sock'em, Trump in WWE mode. You know, it was definitely... A, a intentionally presidential tone, I think the the decision not to talk or not to focus on on 2020 is the right one. Yes. Um, I don't I don't think anybody should have any confusion about that from a pure tactical perspective. Never mind anything else. That's not going to work. And we're going to have our friend uh, Ryan Gerdusky joining us in the second hour today, of the program who is a political consultant, all he does is is look at the, the the polling, the exit polling, the data, the numbers, the races, and we'll break down some of the good, the bad, and the, and the ugly from this election. There was some good, uh, which you want to focus on as well. It is, in fact, possible that today, during the show, we may, I think, be able to officially call the House. I mean, it's basically the House's GOP now, right? But it hasn't been yes. official, official called yet. But I look, I think that Trump, we're, we're two years out from the election, and there's going to be not only an evolution of Trump in his campaign that will occur, that's that's obvious. Uh, there's also going to be events that will conspire to uh, change around whatever plans are currently made, whatever strategy is currently in place. So I think we just follow this at every step and every stage. And it's it's good that there will be, in my mind at least, um, more the de facto leader of the Republican Party came out last night and said, I am now the, you know, for right now, he is the official leader of the Republican Party. I don't think anyone would really uh, dispute that as he is the only person who has come out in favor of or come out officially running. So we got to see, man. I mean, I want to see how he does uh, in these first six months. The guy pulled off something of a political miracle, it seems, in 2016. He was a really great president when he was in office in so many ways accomplished so many things but the game has changed a lot the world has changed a lot and we've got to see how it all stacks up so i'm enthusiastic i mean i'm i'm happy that this is uh this is the the trajectory right now for the GOP to get to get serious about winning after what just happened cuz it was a body blow we all know it should have been better than what it was in the midterms 
Nobody was more ticked off, by the way, than Clay and I. I mean, we're sitting here. We're furious for days about how this thing went. But now we understand how it went that way. And I think that Trump may be able to galvanize uh, Republicans to understand not only what's bad about Biden, but what could be so much better under a Republican administration. The thing that I would say is the announcement is unprecedented. Uh, To have someone announce to run for president effectively 14 months until we actually have the first primary, which in theory would be, I still think it's going to be Iowa, although how exactly that's going to shake out remains to be seen because Democrats are saying Iowa isn't representative enough. I think they may change their calendar. We'll see what Republicans end up doing. But for Trump to be in 14 months before anyone out there listening to us right now can have any official say in terms of who they would support is a long time. And what we don't know is what's going to happen with all these investigations. And and I think it's smart of Trump to be in if he is going to be indicted because now the storyline, I think it's hard to avoid this being the storyline, is the chief political rival who has announced that he is going to be running against Joe Biden is being investigated by the Department of Justice of Joe Biden. So if he is indicted now, it's very easy for Trump to say this is a politically motivated indictment. But the thing I wonder, and this circles back around to a conversation we were having earlier this week, Democrats are desperate for for Donald Trump to be the nominee. Every Democrat out there, if you say you get to pick a Republican, they want to run against Donald Trump. Now, they were excited for him to be the nominee in 2016, and he beat him. But their entire party is basically defined by saying Trump is Hitler. So my point on this is, I think Trump is strengthened if they indict him. So there's this idea out there, and I want you to think about it a little bit counterintuitively, that Democrats are trying to knock Trump out by investigating him at Mar-a-Lago, by raiding with the FBI. I would actually argue the opposite might be true, that they are trying to ensure that he is the nominee. And I think one of the things you could do that would most strengthen Trump, Buck, is actually indict him because I think his base rallies around him when the indictment happens. Well, right, if we were getting this out a little bit, I, I see that. But the indictment of Trump, which we believe would focus on mishandling of classified and, and obstruction of government, right? There is, look, it's going to be, if they bring that charge, and can we just, we're going down the rabbit hole here, we're taking a, we're taking a drive through crazy town, so everyone needs to understand that. Remember, the media spent three years, I mean, the fourth year was really more COVID, obviously, than Russia collusion, but for three years, I mean, people built huge careers and huge followings on the massive and obvious lie that Donald Trump had worked with Putin to yes. steal the election. So this is also why I understand people that say, well, you know, the 2020 election steal conversation came after the 2016 election steal conversation, which it's completely fair to point that out. That is true. But they're out of their minds, is my point. Like, they're like the things that you and I consider your clay and say, well, that's totally unreasonable. Well, exactly. I mean, this is a party that just voted over, voted strongly for uh, John Fetterman, as we know, in Pennsylvania. Here's the thing. If they bring the charge, it would be 
Let's say they bring a federal federal indictment against Donald Trump. It'll be in a D.C. D.C. Circuit Court, right? That's where it's going to happen. That's where the charge will. Uh, I don't know. Do you think it? I mean, it wouldn't be in Florida. I don't know how that exactly would work. I think it would be in in D.C. And if you get a D.C. jury, it's going to be a Trump hating jury of MSNBC watching libs. And if you tell them, you know, this guy should probably serve three or four months in prison, <laughs> I think they would go for it. Yeah, and there's look. no there's no presidential protection. There's no pardon. There's nothing for him. So, you know, you're saying if they indict him, the optics strengthen him. I say that's true. But if they indict him, they, if they do that, wouldn't they also try to send him to not even look, they're not going to get him for 10 years or something crazy. But wouldn't they try to make him serve some jail time? I think they would. The problem is I don't think that they would be able to get the entire court proceeding done before Election Day. So this is I mean, again, this is why it's so crazy to think about. So if they indicted him now, it would take months before any kind of actual trial could take place. Any appeal would take forever. Right. I think we would be voting for president before there was a resolution to whatever charges might be brought against Trump. Because I think based on the special master hearing and everything else, it's unlikely they could bring any charges until the spring of 23 now. So if they bring him in the spring of 23, Buck, he could already be the nominee. You know, by March of 24, we'll probably know who the Republican nominee is. But but then we get back to also... Does it rally the Trump? First of all, are they even going to bring charges? This is still a big. I know you think they will. Yes. Um, we'll see. Uh, but if they bring charges, it certainly goes to the narrative of the swamp, the apparatus yeah. uh, going after Trump. However, there is this lesson we have learned from the swing states. We, we, we overperformed in red states. And in blue states, this is the part of it that's the reason, just so I want everyone to understand this, this is really important. The reason we have a House majority now, the reason is Florida, which just ran the table, New York, which while we didn't win the governor's race, won a bunch of down-ticket congressional ballots, uh, uh, seats that were real critical. I think four of them in Long Island alone, really important, and California. So we overperformed, and there's other states you could throw into the mix there, too. So we know how to get Republican voters fired up in blue states right now, and we know certainly how to get Republican voters in the red states fired up. But to win the presidency, you got to get, it's. we all know that it's going to be, at least you know, given the political trajectory that we've seen for the last couple of years, it's going to be the same states that are at issue right now. You may throw one or two, you know, Virginia might be in play, right? I mean, there, there's some things that could switch a little bit. And Clay, an indicted presidential candidate, how does that play out? Not to our friends, not to our audience, to the independents who will determine Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin. I don't know. That's part of this. I don't. Oh, I, I, think I won't it- pretend to know. I think it damages Trump immensely, but that's where I think their play is. I think they know that it strengthens him with the Republican base, likely gets him the nomination, but wounds him to such an extent that he's unlikely to be able to win in those toss-up states. I think that's their play. 
I think that's where they're headed. I mean, that would be the, I think the conventional ahead. wisdom would be indicted Trump scares away independents and squishy Republican college educated white voters. And you get 2022 in the swing states all over again. And that's the play that they'd be making. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and so I think it's going to be fascinating to see exactly how all of that shakes out before all is said and done. We'll continue to break this down. Also, we'll continue to let you guys react. 1-800-282-2882. You can react to what Trump said. Also, the election. We're continuing to let people uh, react to that as well. In the meantime, if you own a business, you know how well and how tough things have been the last three years. You deserve a break. If your business has five or more employees and you manage to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's just a refund of your taxes. How do you get your business this refund money? Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are specialists in a little-known payroll tax refund. They do all the work, no charges up front. Just share a percentage of the cash they get back with you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned over a billion dollars to businesses. They can help you as well. How do you do it? Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Again, go to GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. That's GetRefunds.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details welcome back in clay travis wednesday edition of the program uh want you guys to be able to react to what you thought of donald trump's announcement unprecedented it's fair to say meaning that no one to my knowledge has ever announced 
14 months out that they will be running for uh, presidency. Uh, 800-282-2882. And I mean 14 months out from the actual primary season voting starting. Of course, we're still two years away from uh, the 2024 presidential election, which we told you on this show would effectively start as soon as the midterms were over. So I wonder, Buck, big picture here, if you are going to challenge Trump, let's say you are Ron DeSantis, let's say you are Glenn Youngkin, let's say you are Mike Pompeo or even Mike Pence, and you are out there and you are thinking, hey, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring because, Buck, as you mentioned, a lot of people run with the knowledge that it's highly unlikely that they would ever be the nomination, but it helps their speaking fees. It makes them widely well-known to tens of millions of people that otherwise wouldn't have known them when they get to stand on the stage. It may also help them if there's a particular issue that you are really focused on that you think is not getting enough attention from the Republican Party. It can help to alter the conversation or put your issue on the stage, right? So there are many reasons why people could announce. What's the time frame on them now? Because that's the other thing I was thinking in the back of my head as we watch Trump. Now, I don't actually know anything about professional boxing in reality, but I have seen all the Rocky movies. So I do know that you got to train and you got to, you know, have some some bouts before the big bout. You know, you got to make sure you're in fighting form. Also, The Fighter, I thought, with Mark Mark Wahlberg was a very great good boxing movie. movie. Cinderella Man, also pretty good. I like The Fighter a little bit more, but there's a lot. There's some great boxing movies. Anyway, uh, the primary process is exactly that. I mean, you actually don't want someone. You, you know who? You know who thought she was going to breeze through a primary and every, everybody should just get out of the way? Hillary Clinton. No I doubt. Think, you know, hubris. Hubris in 2008 was one of her many downfalls. Uh, and and I think that in this in this situation, we're we're likely to see some people who are going to come forward, and if they're in a primary with Trump, look, one of the more phenomenal things about the initial Trump rise was the way that he was able to, in a very crowded field, with some big name Republicans who are are still you know very much you know Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and people that are still very much in the game today and in significant ways, but he was able to get himself ahead of that pack. And I think that was that was honing the skill, you know, that was actually sharpening the axe to go out there and chop down the trees faster. Like it was actually a process that was worthwhile for him. So I I don't think that anybody should think that a a primary is the equivalent of some kind of GOP civil war. It's going to take the that wasn't the case in 2016. And that was a bruising primary. So if we go in that direction, recent history tells us, okay. Let's see how let's see how that shakes out and see where the politics are uh, for the country. See where the mood of the country is at that moment in time when people will get in. Um, look, I, I haven't. I, I was actually surprised to hear this, uh, and, and I, I will share this. I've heard people that would would be in a position to know they think very seriously that Glenn Youngkin's going to get in. Yeah, uh, which I, you know, everyone's so focused on DeSantis. Now, to a lot of our audience, I'm sure, especially people that are very excited for Trump, they're like, well, that's a, okay, but it's a, it's somebody who's, the guy's worth a couple of hundred million dollars. He's the governor of Virginia. You know, he, he may throw his hat in the ring. And I think that, you know, even if you just view them as sparring partners for Trump at some level, it's a good thing. 
You, I, I do not think that a coronation from the very beginning is really to anyone's benefit within the party, including Trump. I, I think you want him to be, you know, to be out there sparring and to be making the case, and, and he needs to be doing that because I think everyone's seen this. It is a savvier, more ruthless Democrat machine now than it was in 2016. They have figured out some tricks. They have something. They will not allow Trump to get all the free advertising he did before. They will not allow him to leverage their toys, their social media platforms against him. So there has to be an evolution that he would take in this process in order to bring us the uh, the victory that we so desire in 2024. I think Trump believes Glenn Youngkin is going to get in the race, which is why he attacked him. You know, we everybody focused on the DeSantis attack, but he also went after Glenn Youngkin. And, so and I would he's you, getting in. Like I would be yeah. surprised at this point, Clay. I, I can't I can't reveal the source, but I've I've been told that he's he's getting in. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think it's going to be DeSantis. I think it's going to be Glenn Youngkin. I think I mentioned him yesterday talking about the fact that I thought he was going to run and Trump. And remember, to your point on twenty sixteen. Do you remember who in the Republican Party had all the money and all of the organization and everybody was like, this is the guy? Are you talking about Jeb exclamation That's point? Jeb exclamation Jeb. point. Jeb exclamation point was the presumptive party favorite in 2016. And so what I would say about all this is you I, I'm seeing a lot of people who are very nervous about the idea of a primary battle. And I just, I fundamentally reject that. If everybody decides, hey, I want to get out and Trump is the guy, that's fine. But I think it actually makes Trump a weaker candidate. For your point, Buck, you have to hone yourself by getting in that ring. The fact that Trump uh, eliminated whatever it was, 18 other contenders in 2016, made him an infinitely stronger candidate. And I think, Buck, if you go watch, and I'm curious if Trump himself would even acknowledge you go watch that first debate that he had against Joe Biden. Donald Trump was awful in that first debate. He only had two. Second one, he cleaned his clock. First one, he was awful. And I relative to past Trump debate performances. I think one reason he was awful, and you often see this from presidents, is because they're not in fighting shape because they're used to being president and they're not on the hustings, out on the trail, having to sell themselves and so this was why Trump was bad in the first debate. He needs the reps. Yeah. He needs the practice, whoever the nominee is. And and a a good scrap within the family of the GOP is not is not a thing that that lasts forever. I mean, you think about Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. Yes. You know, they they were they were swinging at each other like uh like Apollo Creed and Rocky. Back. I mean, they were taking yes. each other's heads off in the primary. And then when Trump you know, one, it was almost like at the end of a really tough boxing match, you will you see this. The two boxers actually, like, hug it out, you know? Yep. Ted Cruz became a huge ally of Trump's in the Senate and a big advocate of the America First agenda, and they worked very well together in that capacity. So, look, it's politics. Like, things are things might get a little rough in the primary between some of the, some of the people that are contenders here. But they want the most powerful job in the world, right? Like this is the other thing. You know, they're not they're not trying to be the favorite, uh, you know, neighborhood third grade social uh, studies teacher or something. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But you get what I'm saying. It's it's going to be a little bit of a throwdown, and that's fine. One thing I would like to hear from Trump. Remember, in 2016, Trump famously refused to say that he wouldn't run if he was not the Republican nominee. 
Remember that? Like everybody else raised their hand and said, I will support the nominee. I do think my my big concern about a contested primary is we need to hear from Donald Trump an answer to that question. If you were not the nominee, let's say that Glenn Youngkin beats him. People decide out there in the in the primary that they like Glenn Youngkin or they like Ron DeSantis or Mike Pompeo or whoever else. I want we know that DeSantis and Pompeo and Glenn Youngkin, I think they would all do their best to elect a president in 2024. What I want Donald Trump to answer, and I think it's important, is if you were not the nominee, will you pledge to help whoever that nominee is to get elected in 2024? Because if Trump is going to say, hey, I'm the nominee or I'm going to run independent, then I think that should factor in in how people make decisions And also, I think that would reflect really poorly on Trump. I don't think he would do that, but I'd like for him to answer that question when there are going to be debates going on between all of these different contestants. Wouldn't you like to hear the answer to that? I mean, he could lie and say, yes, I'm going to pledge, but he didn't answer it to his credit in 2016. He didn't say, hey, I'm all in for whoever the other nominee is. I'd like to think that in 24, since he's the head of the Republican Party, that he wouldn't take his ball and go home and run as an independent candidate and guarantee the Democrat wins. Again, I I think that there may be an expectation out there uh, that no one's going to run against Trump. I, th- I I see this. I mean, I have people that write in, listen to the show. Uh, I'm not sure how many there are. I think it is highly unlikely that there will be no competitors to Donald Trump in the primary. Someone may think that Trump will sweep them all away, and that's, that's of course, fine. We'll see. I don't know. I, I can't see the future. But it would be, I mean, what would you, I would give it 10 to 1 odds that there will be people that get into this primary against Trump, right? I mean, oh, if we I, you, would have to, you would have to give me a ton of money to wager against their being, I mean, they're massive favorites. You said 10 to 1. I think I would give, like, 1 to, you know, 100, meaning you'd have to give me $100 if somebody didn't run, right? Like, I think it's a massive favorite that he's going to have several yeah. different contenders. And, and everyone has to remember, it's also it's just too much of a brand building exercise. I know that may sound a bit cynical, but for a lot of people, it's they be they go from being even like a congressman or maybe even a businessman who used to be in politics to someone more on the national stage. You sell more books, maybe you do another run. So there's going to be, I, I think, because there are people saying, well, no one's going to get it against Trump. I think that's highly unlikely. We, we we could be wrong, but I think that's highly unlikely. So you're 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 going to see some form of primary here, and uh, that would be, I think. To I, I think everybody should recognize that a primary that makes the uh, the candidate better is something. There's a reason we have primaries, and we don't just that's have right. like a vote, right? We don't just say, oh, well, we don't need to hear them debate or anything else. So we shall see. That all said, it is Trump's Republican Party right now. He is the leader of the Republican Party right now. And it's it's in his hands to make the case and, and to move this thing forward. Many of the same topics debated in Washington, D.C. today have been contemplated since the founding of this nation. Human rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. Big topics, each of them, and worthy of debate. They were important to our founding fathers and their consistent and their constituents, too. So much so that their opinions and points of view were well documented. You might be surprised what they thought and how similar the conversations were then and actually now. Our friends at Hillsdale College have created an entire online video course 
comparing it all, and it's fascinating history. Like so many other video courses created by Hillsdale, this is free for you to watch and learn from. It's all part of Hillsdale's mission to defend and explain our nation's freedoms. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new completely free online course at clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. That's clayandbuck4hillsdale.com. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we are continuing to unpack the results of the 2022 midterm. Ryan Gerdusky was with us in the second hour of the program. I would encourage you all to go listen to what he had to say. I thought it was quite fascinating. A couple of news uh, points that are out there. Mitch McConnell has been re-elected. Senate Majority Leader reports are 37-10, one abstention. So he did have the votes. It was not remotely close. Um, we have been reacting to what happened uh, last night with Donald Trump officially announcing his candidacy for the 2024 presidential election. We'll continue to open up the phones for all of you, 800-282-2882. And I would encourage all of you out there to also go subscribe to the podcast. You can give us five stars. Dub reads those podcast reviews. And we set an all-time record for podcast listenership up 40%. Uh, in October over the best month we'd ever had, which was September. And with the holiday season approaching, a lot of people are going to be on the road for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and for New Year's. Encourage you guys to make sure that you can take the show with you anywhere in the country. All you have to do is search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. Uh, Okay, Uh, a couple of different things that are going on um, as the uh, Trump announcement, quite presidential, and when the criticisms that rain down, as they always do anytime Donald Trump speaks, are that he didn't seem like he was as enthusiastic as normal, I think that's actually good for Trump because it was a very calculated announcement. It was a very disciplined announcement. Uh, as you heard Ryan Gerdusky mention, for one of the first times Trump spoken in years, He didn't mention at all the 2020 election, which is the number one piece of advice we had for Trump on this program as the data reflects that while you may be angry about what happened in 2020, it is a loser uh, when you focus on the 2020 election. So that in and of itself is intriguing. Now, already we've got, as we well know, a disaster at the border. And I believe we now have audio of Mitch, uh, sorry, of uh, Chuck Schumer coming out and letting it be known that, hey, he wants amnesty for 11 million people who are here in this country illegally. And, Buck, what's funny about this is somehow when you mention this, it's like an unacceptable conversation to have when you say, oh, you know what? The goal of Democrats, why they are keeping the southern border so wide open, is they want to let people from Latin American countries into this country because they believe in the long run, the likelihood is those are Democrat voters and they feel like they are essentially adding to their base of political power. Now, the wild card here is Republicans may have gone so left wing in their cultural issues Democrats. that Democrats, sorry, yes, Democrats have gone so left wing in their cultural issues that Republicans 
are now picking up many Hispanic supporters out there. We're just about 40% in this last election, I think. Just about 40%. That's right. And it continues to grow. And so let's play that audio, uh, Buck. I don't know if you've heard it yet. Uh, It just happened uh, here in the last 45 minutes or an hour. Here is Chuck Schumer saying, hey, it's time to give amnesty to 11 million illegals in this country. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Oh, boy. There's a lot here. And, I, you know, I've, I've been fired up and following the illegal immigration issue very closely for, well, now over a decade. Uh, here's the deal. For, first of all, folks, the 11.7 million that the Census Bureau has for illegal immigrants based on self-reporting is laughable. It is right now. Based just on the 5 million who have come into the country in the last two years. We know 5 million have entered illegally. Of that, yes. a tiny fraction have been uh, have been removed from the country, have been deported back to a country of origin. The number's 20 million, all right? At least. It's at least. Some people I know right now are yelling, it's 30 million. I don't know, but I know it's at least 20 million based on real data, real numbers, and the reality. We have half a million visa overstays every This is pre-COVID. Half a million visa overstays every year. We've we were told for a while that net migration to the country was zero because so many people were self-deporting. That's not happening. The welfare state here has gotten so big and so uh, attractive to particularly to people who are coming from very poor countries. And I always think it's so important to know this. This is not ever pa- this is not passing judgment on people. If If you were born in a very poor country and had very poor prospects of a better future. Just based on you know where you are coming from, we are fortunate in this country. We actually have a system where hard work, ingenuity, uh, diligence is rewarded generally, right? I mean, overall, I mean, you you can lift yourself up and do quite well. I'm not saying that these people who are coming across the border, I've seen them, Clay. I've seen the mothers, literally seen the mothers, look them in the eyes as they're carrying their babies across the Rio Grande. They're terrified. They're... But this is about what's best for our country. It's not about passing judgment on the people as people who are doing this obviously they're coming here because they want a better life i get that but republicans get the messaging on this right and i think this becomes a major winning issue going forward it has been in the past because what chuck schumer left out of the first of all he says 11 million or whatever because he knows that 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 number is a joke okay the number they might start to concede in the next census oh it's 15 million it's 20 plus folks but beyond that we take a million legal immigrants into the country every year. What their, their first talking point that we have to deal with is conflating all of this together. That people that come here illegally and legally, it's all the same. That to be a nation of immigrants means to be in favor of illegal immigration. We take a million people a year into America through the legal process right now. And so we're going to add to that with another million, another two million, another 2.5 million, whatever it is, illegally. That overwhelms the processes of assimilation. It overburdens certain communities that are going to have to double and triple down on public services to help people who are going to disproportionately need those services. 
Clay, this is going to be a big issue going forward because Democrats want amnesty. They've wanted it for a long time. The last one they got was 1986, and they think it's go time for them right now. I just think it's so fascinating because what happens if Hispanics start to vote 60-40 for Republicans? How quickly do you think the Democrat argument for amnesty would vanish, right? Because what's interesting is, and Trump talked about this a little bit in his speech last night, Buck, because Trump was great on the border. I mean, 2016, he may well have won the election because of how good he was on the border. And, you know, what they said was, the, all the grand poobahs in the Republican Party, they said, hey, the way to win the Hispanic vote is actually to support more amnesty, more granting of citizenship, everything else, right? But the reverse ended up being true. And I think this is such an interesting angle to think about. People who have come across the border more than anyone or live near the border understand how violent and criminal-ridden the border is on Mexico. I mean, the number that, that is out there that is staggering, the cartels make more money shipping illegal immigrants into our country than any American pro sports league makes. I mean, just as big as the NFL is, right? As big of a business as it is, as big as those 32 franchises are, the cartels make more money bringing people illegally into our country than the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA. I mean, that is a staggering size of the market. And people who live and understand the power of those cartels actually overwhelmingly support a strong, secure southern border. It's all tied in. The human trafficking, the fentanyl deaths, the uh, the massive, uh, massive criminality that is going on at the southern border because of overwhelmed border patrol, the lack of will, political will, to change the incentives for coming into the country legally. It all, it all ties together. And it also goes to rule of law because we're being told, and this comes at a time when it was you know, get the shot or you get fired, mask up or you get fired, pay your taxes or you go to prison, uh, stand too long in a government building, even if you do nothing else. And it happens to be during a, a riot and you might go to prison for many years. I mean, the, the, the law is the law, according to Democrats, except on this issue and a whole lot of other issues. I just mean, politically, they pick and choose where they decide it's that's what's written in the statute on illegal immigration all of a sudden that all goes out the window but i would note that there's uh there's some deja vu here because back in 2013 there was the gang of eight pushing marco rubio was a part of that one the gang of eight was pushing for the border security economic opportunity and immigration modernization act amnesty this was a conveyor belt to amnesty and it was only the American people basically calling up and lighting up the switchboards and pushing back furiously on this because it also goes against a sense of fairness. We have a lot of immigrants that listen to this show, and I'm sure we could take calls for a whole hour. Just some people saying, hold on a second. Uh, I, you know, I, I came here legally when my family process, stood in line brought, spent yeah, years to be able to come here. And, and now we got people who are I mean, they're just walking across the border knowing with 100% certainty, they're going to be led into the country. And so they and then do they're that gonna because have kids, they're being rewarded. And they're never going to have to leave. That's yeah. the reality. And so you say to yourself, well, how does this, how do we say we're a country with rule of law and sovereignty as a nation with what's going on at the border right now? And I think 
I do think that there's a lot of frustration in many communities, not just along the border, so that's Texas, Arizona, et cetera, but also in a lot of cities and, and even smaller size cities with this the poisoning of of our of our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our family members of fentanyl that is going on. Yes. Uh, this stuff is I mean, fentanyl is more addictive far more addictive and far more lethal than the other drug menaces we have generally faced. I mean, it's not even close. Look at the numbers. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. You can die the first time you take it, which is something I think parents and grandparents need to be telling their kids. I mean, this is not some sort of joyride fun, like I'm going to try out this drug. You literally can die the first time that you take it. And here we are. The Biden administration knows all of this, but is very ideologically devoted to allowing the continued flagrant violation of our sovereignty and of our laws at the border. Because, yes, Clay, they think it'll help them with the Hispanic community, although that's that's a, a lot of Increasingly a lot of legal. Untrue, I think yeah, I think it's wrong. A, a lot of legal Hispanic immigrants are saying, hold on, a, like, hold on a second. And also they're just because they're Americans. They're saying I care about crime and, and the economy and things that everyone else cares about. I'm not so concerned with just, be, you know, it, if you came to this country legally from Cuba 40 years ago, I don't know if. Some guy crossing the border from Thailand five minutes ago illegally is like your top concern, right? I mean, exactly I, I think right. that, you know, I think that that's the, the Democrats often, you know, get to get ahead of themselves on a lot of this stuff. But the, the messaging on this has to be precise. And we are going to face a battle here because I hate to, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. There are Republicans who want amnesty too. There are Chamber of Commerce Republicans who are going to want to go along with this. They're going to say, hey, we have a split Congress. It's time to unify and work together. I, I, it may be six or 12 months out, Clay, but it's going to be 2013 with the Gang of Eight all over again here. You, you, they're going to try because there are Republicans who want this because big money donors like illegal immigrant labor. That's what this really comes down to. It's like, how, how does Mitch McConnell stay in leadership? He's got all the money in his pack. Guy's got over $100 million. Why do some Republicans want to push an amnesty bill? Because the people that write checks to their campaigns are all about illegal immigrant labor. One thing Ryan said that I think Republicans need to make a move on by 2024, Democrats are kicking our ass when it comes to small money donors. Uh, And Trump is hoovering up a lot of that money, but he's right. I mean, John Fetterman raised $75 million to a large extent off small money donors. I think Republicans have a very top-down method by which we raise money. We've got to create the equivalent of what Democrats are doing with small money donors. Look, Democrats are running campaigns based on the technology of 2022. Republicans yes. are running campaigns based on the technology of the year 2000. Yes. This this has got to change. And, and the mentality has got to change. We'll, we'll come back to that, though. Uh, if your family's like mine, you've most likely got boxes of old media. I'm talking about photos, Super 8 film, VHS tapes, and slides safely stored away someplace. They're just wasting away over time. You need to preserve those recorded moments so they're safe forever, particularly the videotapes that slowly disintegrate over time. Legacy Box can do this for you. They've done this for more than a million families now, all from their huge facilities in Chattanooga. Legacy Box is the simplest and safest way to digitize all of your aging videotapes, camcorder tapes, film reels, and pictures so they are preserved forever. They do it by hand, one at a time, and quickly return all your items to you. 
What you get back from Legacy Box are computer files or thumb drives or both, which you can immediately watch and share with family and friends. It's one of the greatest gifts you can share with those you love. It brings instant smiles, instant laughs, and even some joyful tears. Relive your most important memories this holiday season. It's so fun to do, honestly. And for a limited time only, take advantage of early access to Legacy Box's best sale of the year. Visit LegacyBox.com slash buck to shop Legacy Box's Black Friday sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash buck for an irresistible deal. LegacyBox.com slash buck. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back in the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, everybody. We've got our friend, the numbers man, the political wonk, Ryan Gerdusky with us now. His very excellent Substack newsletter is the National populist newsletter which you should all check out his latest piece here is midterm post-mortem finale and the subheadline: play stupid games win stupid prizes ryan great to have you back thank you for having me all right so let, let's just start with what 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 do we need to learn from this midterm right i mean we've got this audience very up to speed obviously on you know who won who lost and some of the broad themes what are the takeaways that the data now, and explain how the data does it, make pretty ironclad? Okay, so first, mostly importantly, there was no youth quake. The media has had this narrative coming out that there was this giant army of young Gen Z people voting uh, Democrat. Didn't happen at all. They did vote Democrat, but they came out at a smaller level than they did in 2018. 
and they actually voted more Republican. The data shows it. The Tufts University's Tisch College uh, Civic Life, they're the ones who, who analyze the youth vote every year. They said it. David Shore, the brilliant uh, liberal uh, data analyst, looked at all the counties where young people are. Voting was down in all of them. Didn't happen whatsoever. Secondly, abortion, major, major, major driver for independence and people who disliked Biden but didn't hate Biden. So people who had slight unfavorability were driven towards Democrats for two reasons, abortion and denying the 2020 election. Really, really, really drove them away in very strong numbers. And you can see it in the issue of Arizona. In Arizona, there were nine statewide candidates. Five of them Republicans won or are winning currently. Four lost. The four that lost all ran on the election was stolen. The five won did not talk about the election being stolen. Um, that was a major, major indicator. And that's probably why Trump yesterday during his hour-long announcement didn't mention the, the election being stolen whatsoever. Um, that well, a lot of people were also motivated to vote against Trump. More were motivated to vote against Trump than were motivated to vote against Biden, which is very, very, very unusual. Um, and that's why independents, while Republicans had larger turnout numbers, Republicans really did a good job turning out. And it wasn't the popular vote, but it was swaying against, uh, swaying against independents and people who only lean Republican that really had, um, that really had a big effect. Uh, candidate quality. Let's talk about that for a second. Candidate quality does matter to a point. You, the guy, so there's a guy named Tom Horn. He's currently winning and unseating an incumbent Democrat in the state of Arizona for public instruction. He's going to be the superintendent for the whole state. He is a 70-something-year-old man, a lot of history, a lot of baggage, a lot of uh, uh, negative stories about him in the media. He's running against bilingual education, running against CRT, DEI, yada, yada, yada. He won. Why? Because he talked about the issues that really affected people that were popular, that were conservative. He never ran away from them, but he didn't delve into abortion and he didn't delve into the 2020 election. Reverse that with the guy who ran in Pennsylvania for governor, Doug Mastriano, talked nonstop about the election, said he wanted to imprison women and charge them with murder if they had an abortion, and said Jesus Christ himself would intervene in the election to make sure that he won. Huge mistake. Uh, one other thing, and then we'll go to, I'll let you guys talk, whatever, but um, Republicans. It's cool, it's cool, go for it. our show, but yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. It is your show, right. Um, well, well, Republicans way overperformed in a lot of blue areas that didn't matter. So Republicans had all-time highs in New York City elect congressional elections, all-time high in Los Angeles congressional elections. They overperformed Biden by 10-something points in some of these places. It's just in the places that they needed to overperform, they consistently underperformed. That was problematic. They did much better with Asians somewhat better with Latinos and rural blacks, blacks who live in the black belt of the South. And I think that lastly, we've had a lot of questions right now. Was why are Republicans now reelecting all the people in leadership, uh, McConnell, McCarthy, yada, yada, yada. How are they being rewarded? There's an organization on the left called Act Blue. Act Blue connects 21 million small dollar Democratic donors with campaigns. It's how John Fetterman was able to raise $75 million for his Senate campaign on top of the hundreds of millions of dollars for other congressional campaigns, 15 million against Marjorie Taylor Greene in a super safe Republican district. Republicans don't have anything close to this on our side. 
And the only thing that the Republicans can accept to lean on are Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and their super PACs. And I think that's something, a reason why they're doing well post a fairly not good midterm election. All right, Ryan, that's fantastic. I love when you come on and just break down the data for us. So let's play it forward. If you were looking at the data that you have seen in 2022 and you were saying what needs to happen for a Republican presidential candidate to win in 2024, and we understand it's two years away and that the issues can change and everything can evolve uh, in many different directions, but would it be fair to say no one can talk about the 2020 election and denying it, that there needs to be some form of abortion policy that is put in place uh, whether it's like, hey, I believe that you should be able to have an abortion uh, you know, up to 15 weeks or whatever it is. I'm talking about a national candidate who's going to win some of these purplish states. What would have to happen for Republicans to win in 24, given what you're talking about happened in Arizona, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in Nevada, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, all those states out there where this election is going to be decided? Yeah, so the 2020 election can never be revisited. It's just, it's over. You could talk about ballot harvesting. You could talk about checking. You could talk about whatever you want. But if you bring up at this point, if you are anything close to a suburban district and you bring up the fact that the 2020 election was stolen, you're going to lose. It's just the case you're going to lose. That is, it drives college-educated white voters away, and there are more of them than there are of minorities. So they they basically, sorry to cut you off, but they basically branded that so well Democrats did for even independent college-educated voters that if you're even touching that, you're like, it's like a third rail for independent voters you lose. Yeah, that, it's, think of it like, think of it like privatizing Social Security. Something that, oh, I don't know, candidates like Rick Scott and Blake Masters also campaigned on another third rail. You could privately believe it. I don't care. There's a lot of things people privately believe but don't talk about in polite society. At this point, it has seemed so toxic to people, even people who dislike Joe Biden, that if you bring it up, there's a good chance you will lose talking about it. That is why Donald Trump, in an hour-long speech, did not mention once that the, pre- that the presidential election was stolen because the, the, just the, data, the data is out there. The polls have shown this. People that you need to win to win big elections do not believe that do not like talking about that, and they really have believed the whole, you know, MSNBC lineup that, that democracy is under a threat. And they it, it feeds into the narrative, that and the abortion conversation, that um, Republicans are weird, Republicans are against your freedoms, Republicans are, they, they talk like they are all at a Trump rally or a CPAC conference. That definitely hurts them. And, and furthermore, about abortion, you asked about abortion before. If a candidate says, I support, I'm pro-life without exception. It is as detrimental to a Republican as a Democrat saying, I want to defund the police. That is how badly it polls. So when you hear somebody saying that, remember, independents are hearing defund the police. That is the same exact knee-jerk reaction. I think, I think personally, the federal government does not have any role to play in abortion law. It never did before 1970-something and never will, hopefully never will again. The states should decide, just sit there and say, I don't support, I I do not want the federal government being involved in your abortions. I just don't want it. You have to take a more libertarian stand on it. That is the way the public is on on the issue and just back away from it. 
And well, you Ryan, can see pro-life governors did win though last on last week by huge margins in Ohio, Texas, Florida, Georgia. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, one more thing, um, just to run up against the clock, and people should subscribe if you want to really see what's going on in politics across the country. The National Populist Newsletter that Ryan has on Substack, and we'll put it up at clayandbuck.com. We'll link it there so people can find it easily. Well, Ryan, one more for you on this. You know, I, I can't tell you how many text messages I've gotten in the last week from people who are involved in campaigns, and what they all keep saying to me is, "We have to get the message to the top." If we tell people to just show up on Election Day, if we do not run mail-in ballot campaigns ourselves, if we do not use the rules as they are currently in place, it doesn't matter who some of these candidates are or who the presidential candidate is, they will lose. Absolutely. That's 100% true as well. This romanticization that we have towards only voting on Election Day is very asinine. If you believe that they're going to screw with the machines on Election Day, that's fine. Go vote early. We give they give them sometimes months to vote early. Something I don't agree with, but as long as those are the rules in place, you need to take advantage of the rules. If I was on Herschel Walker's campaign right now, which I'm not, but if I was, all I would be doing is collecting early ballots and distributing them and dropping off either a drop boxes or to the board of elections or whatever the case may be. But making sure people vote early and getting the numbers, that's why before the before the polls closed in Florida, DeSantis had already won. He won Miami-Dade a week before Election Day because they had gotten Republicans out in large enough numbers that they knew Miami-Dade was over. They knew the whole election was over a week out. And it's very nice to sit there and have that position where you're comfortable enough to sit there and have that uh, and and know you're going to win so far in advance. It's a turnout method. It's also swaying independent voters. But the turnout method, don't wait till Election Day. Vote early, vote often, and and if it and vote by any means necessary. Ryan Gerdusky, everybody. Ryan, appreciate you breaking it down for us. Great Substack Thank piece you. on your midterm midterm post uh, mortem. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you could save a life, would you? Of course you would. That's why we're partnering with preborn pregnancy clinics to help rescue the most vulnerable in society, preborn babies. This nonprofit organization began their mission 16 years ago and has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives. Here's how Preborn does it. They introduce moms in crisis to their babies through an ultrasound. When she sees that precious baby made in God's image and hears that heartbeat that says, I'm alive, the majority of the time, she will choose life. The ultrasound does not cost that expected mom anything. It's paid for by donations, provided by people like you and me, the pro-life community. One ultrasound is just $28. Five ultrasounds total, and it will give you $140. That's all it requires. And now, through a matching donation offer, your tax-deductible gift is doubled, saving twice as many babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. This message has been sponsored by Preborn. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.